Life with Kim Gerber With real topics Affecting you to take your life further Your amazing life There's so much to say Living life one day at a time It's all about today Your amazing life Your amazing life Your amazing life Thursday's Exchange with Tracy Jones Now, welcome to Your Amazing Life and thanks for being here. We discuss tools and tricks to create an amazing life in this podcast. Now, there are a few powerful ways you can support us. Go ahead and leave a rating and review and leave your top takeaways. Also interact with the community on the Facebook page. Next, be a hero with your friends and family and share it with them. And lastly, go to anchor.fm and support or sponsor it. Your support makes a massive difference. Check out the show notes for links to the subjects that we discuss. And if you have any topics you would like me to address, just put them in the private Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash your amazing life podcast. Now, I want to thank you, my listeners, for being here and for sharing this podcast with your friends and family. Now, let's get into your amazing life. So today we have Dr. Tracy Jones, who is an author, speaker, veteran, publisher, podcaster, and international leadership expert, who is currently serving as the president of Tremendous Leadership. She is a graduate of the United States Air Force Academy, a decorated veteran who served in the first Gulf War and the Bosnian War. And Tracy is the author of 10 titles, five of which are children's books. Now, uh, one of them, Spark, is uh, an Amazon bestseller, or I'm sorry, Amazon new release. And you have been uh, reading personal development books most of your life. Uh, Tracy, what kind of difference do you think that's made for you? I think it made all the difference in the world, Ken. And I have to tell you, I I joke, uh, my father was a, a bookaholic. He was a book pusher. <laughs> so flunked out of school in the eighth grade, uh, mother left him, abuse, um, deep came out of the depression era, born in the South. Everything was against my father. But he famously said, Charlie Tremendous Jones said when I was a young girl, that you're going to be the same person that you are today five years ago, except for two things, the people you meet and the books you read. And he was the living embodiment of that. So um, I tell people, I, I read uh, the pokey little, uh, picked up how to win friends and influence people before the pokey little puppy. He was very much, you're going to read, you're going to read good content. You're going to fill your brain with great stuff. Uh, trash in, trash out good in, good out. And so, and that's how we earned our allowance too. I mean, we all had jobs and we worked Mm -hmm. and volunteered, but we would do uh, read personal development books, autobiographies. Like I said, uh, how to win friends and influence people, power of positive thinking, Pilgrim's progress, all these great foundational literature, which can in the end taught me that no matter how I feel or how I act, everything begins in your mind as a man thinketh. And so I did not like that growing up because I wanted to play and goof around and watch stupid stuff on TV, you know, the boob tube. And um, he actually took the TVs out of the house when we were growing up. And he's like, no, you don't need to watch this stuff. So um, 
I'm so thankful for it now. I was like, why can't you just be normal? Why do you have to be so weird with us? But thank God for that bizarre upbringing, because in the end, it just built this awareness, this resiliency, this willingness that I don't have to fear failure because I've read the great the great people, they all went through really tough stuff, way tougher stuff than I'm ever going to go through. And so can it really help me understand adversity is my friend, it's there to teach me, and I control through my habits, how I feel and how I process with this beautiful frontal lobal cortex. So that now, can't always say I, I, I heated that all the time, because there were times where I, um, uh, in different careers where I was on a need to know basis, not a need to grow. Um, but eventually the pain got so severe, I said, I got to I got to get back to my roots. And so it made all the difference in the world. Awesome. Okay. Now, tell me about the goal of changing the world one book at a time. Well, in my research, and what I am most fascinated about is what I call the Imago Dei, well, what God calls the God seed in all of us. So I exist on this world to serve others by helping them liberate the greatness within them. And a lot of people may feel like, well, Tracy, you know, you had this upbringing where you sat under the tutelage of all these different people, and that was an incredible blessing. But you know what? Other people have been around great people, and they have not absorbed it. So there's two things. You have to have this enabling context, but the person has has to be open to be willing to accept it. And books are the one thing, especially now with these things in our hand, that yeah. you can podcast. I mean, back in the day, you'd have to order, you know, and wait till your book got here, snail mail, um, but or go to the library. But it, it, there was always this resource. And so we really want to let people know that all it takes is that one book read at the right time, where it just transforms your life, just like some people have come into my life at the right moment for such a time as this, and I was willing to hear it, and it changed my life. A book can do the same thing. And so that's really what uh, my father was, an unbelievable speaker and just a presence that made you feel like you were the most wonderful person on the planet. But he also let you know, I'm going to leave, and you're going to go back into the trenches. You need these books. Because the more you read, the more you reprogram up here, and then you reprogram in here, and then you go out into the world a different person. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I've been actually thinking about this a lot the last couple of days. I, you know, I'm a veteran also, and I have lots of veteran friends. And, you know, so many of them do not like the title of hero. And I really think that everyone should embrace this hero and find out how they can be the hero to the world. So true. And, and remember, what you went through in life, it's just like, can some people say, well, Tracy, I'm not a leader. Yes, you are. <laughs> if you woke up today, you have successfully navigated 100% of the challenges that came your way. <laughs> and so, um, you know, for, for the people out there, and again, th thank you for your service. And people say to me, oh, you went there. And I said, yeah, it was an honor. But anybody that works to develop themselves is a leader, even if you're only leading yourself. And anybody that goes out there and puts something higher than themselves before themselves, which we in the military did when we took that oath, it's no right. longer my life, it's Uncle Sam's. You are truly a hero. Parents are heroes. They give up whatever for the dreams of their kids. And um, you know, people in nonprofits and people in organizations that, that slave all night so that they can work hard and, and, and get the paycheck for other people to be able to, um, 
you know, draw on income. These are all things that make people heroes. And when you are showing up to be the most good that you can be and pouring that back into the world, that is the true definition of a hero. And again, we know it and we see it, but Ken, as you said it, we're our own worst enemy. And until you can get rid of that stinking thinking, or as Zig Ziglar would say, you need a checkup from the neck up. I want to shake him and say, but you are a hero. You are a hero. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. Now, um, you said, uh, when was the first time you said, hey, reading this really helped me through the situation? Well, as a little girl, uh, of course, but then I got away from it. Well, I'll tell you when, Ken, and since do the topic that you're talking about, it was 2014 and I had lost my soul dog, Mr. Blue. For those listeners out there, I lost my once in a lifetime dog. I've had many dogs since Mr. Blue, but Mr. Blue, if God had a dog, it would have been Mr. Blue. <laughs> he was just, he was it. And I had just come through a divorce and I had just left the military and just my world, everything that I thought was going to be in my world forever uh, was gone. And so I had this loss of him. And in 2015, I had a lawsuit. And in 2016, I lost my brother to a due addiction. And I just was falling apart physically, mm -hmm. mentally, professionally, spiritually, and financially. Uh, I almost ran the business into the ground. And I was just like, how can I sit here and say life is tremendous? I don't think it's very tremendous. And I was sitting there about ready to just say, you know what? You know what I did? I went back to school because I thought if I can't interact with people right now, I've got to get in my headspace. And that's when I went back for my PhD. It was the best thing I could have done because I had to get out of my own way and I had to relearn my horrible habits and get on the path. I see other people on the path. Why can't I be on the path? I know I can get on the path, but I've got to do the work. So I read a book called um, The Power of the Other by Dr. Dr. Henry Cloud. He's one of my favorite yes. authors. Oh, he saved people, necessary endings, boundaries. Boundaries. Power. I mean, necessary endings I give out to everybody and they're like, thank you so much for giving me that because so much, there's bad out there. I'm sorry, folks, it's not utopia. We live in a fallen world, <laughs> but you put up the boundaries and you only allow in the good. And that's not selfish. That's the way it needs to be. So his book, The Power of the Other, I realized that I had all these people in my life. I had all these thoughts. I had all these things, all this stuff, all these habits, but these were not good habits and they weren't necessarily bad, but in keeping them in my space, I had to get rid of them to prune away the dead disease or non-value added. So I could open it up to the wonderful people that really were my true advocates, not my fair weather friends or not just an acquaintance, but I realized, man, I got to get very intentional about dialing in my health, my finances. And that means I need to seek out the wisdom of these people and the rest of the stuff. I just need the time sucks, the emotional vampires, the sugar. I mean, I was like the, the buying stuff because I, I, it, it was a high. Mm. Mm. And I just went crazy for the next four years crazy as far as, you know, people would say, don't do it all at once. But you know what, Ken, I was in such a state of duress. And for about three years after Mr. Blue had passed, I really was in a low grade state of depression. And that took a physical toll on my body. My adrenal gland was shot and I would sleep probably 15 hours a day. I had no joy. And I was like, something's wrong. And they're like, no, all your medical stuff is good. And I'm like, something's wrong. I cannot be this profoundly sad and tired all the time. And so I went and I had a, a hormone panel done of 18 vials and 
and found out just that pain and that stress and mm -hmm. that angst. You know, Norman Vincent Peale said it, anxiety has killed more people on the planet than anything else. Yeah. Please, I am not talking about if you have a diagnosed mental illness. My brother had that. I'm talking about when we let the world sink us and we need to be strong and adaptive and say, no, 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 and robust and regenerative. Um, so that was when I really just, uh, that book, and like I said, I had my 30 minute pity party and I'm like, well, what are you gonna do, Trace? You're gonna quit? You can't quit. Get back in there. And just this little still voice said, and you know what? Ken, it wasn't like I woke up and the birds were chirping and like Snow White, the deer were coming in and customers were calling, but it was about a five-year process. And, um, but I'm telling you what, to our listeners out there, it was well worth it because little by little, I just felt better. I got stuff under control. I had the right people. And I had these wonderful affirmations that yes, Tracy, you're on the right path. And I pulled myself out of the valley. The beautiful part of the valley is there's a rock bottom. Valleys only go so deep. They're not a bottomless pit. Once you hit yeah. it, but you got to suit up and get your right traveling partners, your right knowledge, your right mindset and, and begin that upward climb. And, um, and I did it. I did it by asking for help, by asking for the right advocates. Uh, Henry Cloud's book is all about advocates. And an advocate is somebody that wants your success more than even you want it. And you know what? They were all out there. But I and my ego and my pride and my fear was like, well, I can do this. I've been to war, Ken. Can I run a little publishing company? None of us is meant to go through life alone. That, you know, when a lone sheep is a dead sheep. And we are coded for attachment and to be in community and fellowship. And yeah. that's why this past year was so hard on people, you know, yeah. and we had to still work at it. So, and books can be your community. You know what I'm saying? Cause if, mm -hmm. if you can't get out or you have uh, health compromise issues, I'm not asking you to, to put it on the line for that. But um, when I realized that the advocates, I, I went out and I had to be very intentional and, and you know what, they were all there and they didn't scold me like, well, we were watching you kind of go off the rails. What took you so long? They were like, what can we do for you? Whatever, right. who do you want me to connect you with? And everybody's like, well, you had those people. And I'm like, you have them too. You'll find them. They're called, they're, I call them Sherpas and they're all over scattered throughout your life, but you can't see them until you're ready to see them and you're ready to ask for help and authorize them. And then you're going to activate what they've told you and do it. Because even though they tell me to do stuff, if I don't do the work, they're just, you know, there's a term in the military, we say peeing in the wind, I'll, put, I'll clean it up for the podcast, but don't do that. Don't do that. You know? Yep, exactly. We have gone over the importance of nutrition in many of our episodes. I have found a clinically proven product. I drink one packet a day and it gives my body all the micronutrients it needs. This is an all natural product that you will love. The packet is filled with superfoods and all their nutrients. Best of all, it comes with a 100% money back guarantee. So there's no risk. Are you looking to lose those COVID pounds? then you need this. Start your day with a packet of nutrition. It will change your life. Go to www.kengerber.kyani.com. The information to order products or to connect with me as a team member is all there on the website. Join me in having Kayani each day to improve your health. This is an affiliate. Okay.
Okay, we are back with Tracy Jones, and we were talking about our mind space and getting that right and reading books that actually help us through these hard times. Now, welcome back, Tracy. Thank you so much, Ken. Um, now, you were in the Air Force and you're a Gulf War veteran. What did you learn through that? Well, the first thing I learned was um, we went out there and we were uh, in our base X. We were out in the Emirates, which was which was a re really cool place to see. But what I love most of all about the Gulf War was, number one, we went over there with a clear plan of attack. Um, in other words, we let them know and we all landed early and we sat there for about four months. We went over in August, so we sat there until our January, I think it was the 16th of deadline. And we all sat there and we built everything up and we game time and said, you have until this time to, to go. So it, I thought that I, as a, I was a young second lieutenant, I'm like, wow, this is very cool. We went over, we were singular in our focus and we gave them a timeline and we hoped for the best, but we expected the worst. Meaning that in those four months, we got more and more collaborations. We had we had all, it was, it was like NATO. We had all these different people at our base and I would go hang out with the Italians and all the different people. So it was such a collective thing where the world took, stood together and said, you know what, this isn't, this isn't a right thing. We need to stand together. And so that's really what I remember most was the fact that it was so collaborative and it was so focused. And then when we were, we're done, mm, we're off, we're done. And so um, it was a great thing to see as a young officer but um, it also kind of ruined me because not everything is that clear <laughs> and non-political. So I was like, oh gosh, I'll, I know I'll never see anything like this again. And, um, you know, I was kind of right, but it was just a wonderful one. And the other thing was, Ken, I can remember when we got the call. Um, so I went to New Mexico Military Institute and the Air Force Academy. So I had five years of, of military school. Uh -huh. And I can remember, I told my mom, I said, hey, we're going to get the call. We're going to go away. And um, my colonel called me in and he's like, hey, are you ready to go? And I said, if you go without me, I'm going to be very upset. And he's like, okay. Meaning that, you know it. It's not that I'm a war hawk. It's not that I love death. But when I go to serve, it's just like people that are doctors, I want to serve. And uh, how could I say, no, don't go. I'm scared. I wouldn't be a very good officer. You know, uh, if you've ever saw the movie Hacksaw Ridge about the gentleman that was a conscientious objector, he still wanted to serve as a medic, even though he didn't want to pick up a gun. So um, I was most inspired that what I had gone to school for and what I had given my life to, i.e. the military, I was getting to be in the higher purpose. So that, that's, what, that's what I remember of it. And it was a glorious time. It was a wonderful learning experience. Awesome. All right, great. Now, uh, what is the difference between influence and power? Between influence and power? Great question. Well, power is um, a directed down thing. Um, now, the military is, is very much like that. Not that there aren't great leaders there, but you know, uh, do it. It's a DVO. It's a direct verbal order. Don't. You get, you get Article 15 court-martialed. Even if you talk to somebody with a sarcastic attitude, that's conduct on becoming or its subordination. You know, yeah. And it, there's no, I don't want to, or I don't feel like it. There are no feelings in the military. Okay. So in that, and nor should there be, because you're there to protect, not to feel, protect right. and defend against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Right. Um, but then I got, when I left the military, then I went into project management with applied materials in Austin, Texas, where as a project manager, anybody out there has done that. 
you're responsible for everything as far as timeline and budget, but nobody works directly for you. Okay. So you have no direct reports. So you have to get it done through influence, meaning that you've got to build the trust and the social capital. You've got to be seen as credible. You've got to have this kind of future vision that you can look ahead and, and you've got to be a great kind of politician in a field that you're able to work among different silos and bring them together to create this finished product. And Put it out there so the company can draw revenue in. So influence really taught me, um, and I always loved influence because I grew up with my father who was in life insurance and in personal development. You don't get people to develop by hammering them, okay? Um, that was the military and that was cool. So I always had this strong influence streak, but it was really cool to go into the civilian sector then and go, you know, now you get to do this while also understanding the beautiful processes boundaries and rules of the military, which also have a good place, right? Henry Cloud boundaries. Yes, so, yes. Um, you know, leadership is really poetry and plumbing. You have the very esoteric, I want you to feel me as a leader. I want this social capital. I want you to trust me. But the plumbing is if we don't get results, nobody's getting paid and the lights go off and the doors get locked. So I love this kind of soft and hard side of everything. And I think both my experiences in both those worlds really were a nice way for me to see the importance of both. So, and there are times, Ken, as you know, where you tip more to your influence side. And there are times where you have to tip to your power side. It really depends on if it's a crisis, boy, you better tip to your power side. Um, but if it's not, if it's, if it's better to be relational than right, then you tip to your influence side. So it just, it all depends. Awesome. Okay. Now, uh, what do you think is an amazing life? I think an amazing life is where you have dialed in your purpose, you and your purpose, not what you think you should be. And this is tough because we've got our imprinting, you know, we've got our genetic coding, we've got um, our influences, which are the things that some good, some bad, all of us here, um, what we grew up with. And then we've got our aspirations, where we want to go. And so life after 10, it starts layering this nonsense on you. Some, your mother will make a frown because of something you said. You'll have a bad teacher that if you fail a test makes you feel terrible you have a friend that betrays you um or a, a lover and and you just you don't trust anybody again and so life is really about peeling that up so i think your most purest tremendous life is you get clear that you have everything in you you need to unlock the Imago day. And I am a person of faith. So if I can have the mind of Christ and the strength of Christ and the power of Christ, brother, bring it on. Why would I not want that? So when you really dial this in, then you can say, it's not just me because I got my feeble little broken mind, but boom, you get infused with the greatest advocate. And then I can start, I can see things because things are being shown me. And you know, you get these God nods, people just start coming into your life. And before I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. And finally, I was so broken. I had to try it because I'm like, I have nothing left in my quiver to try. And Ken, I went to war. I'm not weak and I'm not a quitter, but I was done. It was over. There was nothing else I could do. And so my tremendous life was when I finally stepped back and I let go and I let God and I stopped blocking, uh, stopped blocking my own blessings. And I started getting really intentional with my habits, my thoughts and my people then and every day I get a little bit clearer on my purpose. But can when you when you dial in your purpose, 
And purpose should really be just two words. I exist on this planet to serve, Kevin McCarthy taught me this, a verb and a noun. And mine is liberating greatness. I just want other people to realize that no matter where, if you're one or a hundred, the best is yet to come. And so I want to work to help people get that infusion, that spark. You know what I'm saying? That spark, so to speak. And so really just dialing that in and um, in whatever way that manifests itself, be it in podcasting, books, um, writing, publishing, it all goes up to my, my mothership of why I'm put on this planet and what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life in heaven. So once you dial that in, it doesn't matter what the naysayers say. It doesn't matter. Um, you can feel like quitting, but you know you're not going to quit because you may not feel it, but you know it. You, uh, Napoleon Hill, think and grow rich. You know your thoughts and your purpose. Once you dial those two things in, everything else clicks in and you are unstoppable. You may get help. You may have some detours. You may have some setbacks, but nothing's going to stop you because you're going to be able to keep moving because you're, you're, you're doing your destiny. You know, like the Blues Brothers, we're on a mission from God, you know, nothing's going to stop you from getting there. Yep. Awesome. All right. And then uh, lastly, what is, if you only had three uh, ideas that you could leave for this world and your posterity, what three ideas would you leave for them? Um, three ideas that I would leave is number one, write a book about your experiences because your, your experience is your expertise. And my father always told me that things don't happen to us to break us down. Things happen to us to build us up so that we can become a mentor and more empathetic for somebody else. So I would want everybody to realize whatever you've been through, good, bad, or ugly, nobody likes the good stuff because that doesn't happen that often write your stuff down, share it with people. You went through this, you were victorious. Somebody needs your input. I really also would commit to at least 15 minutes a day, just 15 minutes a day of just reading, reading great stuff. That's all you need. And gradually you'll see you want more and more, but make a commitment. And the other thing is every night, and this is what I was talking about before, every night before you go to bed, I want you to do a divine door experience where you imagine if tomorrow was the greatest day of your life, what would it look like? And as you are falling asleep, you unlock your, rather than thinking about what you didn't get done, what you're stressed about. Oh my gosh, it's two o'clock. No, no. Your subconscious is waiting to catapult you higher than Bezos and those guys ever went. Okay. Let your subconscious do the work, but you've got to get the conscious out of the way. So I would say every night before you go to bed, think of your most blessed day tomorrow and dream off and drift off. And you will start to see as you develop this habit, your subconscious is finally going to go, whoo, now we get to take the lead and start getting these things out there. Awesome. All right. And then how do my listeners connect with you? Well, there's two ways. You can go to tremendousleadership.com mm-hmm. or you can go to Tracy C. Jones and that's C-E-Y, T-R-A-C-E-Y-C-Jones.com. The Tracy C. Jones is more my speaking and my courses. Tremendous okay. Leadership is all our books, our publishing. If you sign up for our email, you get two free weeks of ebook downloads. You can start the 15 minutes and they're just these sweet little books. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You go, I don't like to read. Oh my gosh, look at these. We sell thousands of these every year. Okay, here's my newest one coming out. Just a little sample ones. So you can read those. Yeah. And so you can reach out there, get, and our podcast is on there. If you want to publish, you can reach out. Can all our LinkedIn um, and uh, to our listeners out there, please do connect and send me an email. Um, I'd love to be an advocate or resource for you. You know, somebody once told me, you, you know, you don't have to know everything, but you have to know everybody. And since I woke up with Henry Cloud's book, 
I have a very robust connection network. And that's, friends, is 90% of the battle. Yes. And uh, I'd love to extend that to everybody out there. That's what we're here. Because somebody did it to me. You're doing it for me, Ken. And I want to do it for you and your listeners. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. So if you are tired of suffering, tired of beating up on yourself, overreacting, tired of breaking your word, tired of these things happening over and over again, if you want to struggle less and enjoy more, if you want a truly amazing life that is connected and complete, then you need the You Have Value program. If you are willing to make some changes or stop chasing comfort, then I would love to help you create who you are capable of becoming. Contact me at ken at creatingyouramazing.life or the number is 801-449-0750. Now, I want each of you to know I appreciate each and every one of you, my friends. This podcast is for you. If I said something that resonated, I would love to hear about it. So go ahead and contact me. Go through either the Facebook group or Calendly, and there'll be links, or you can uh, sponsor some of the episodes. And if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review. I would love to discuss how you can use these tools and others to get to your amazing life.